Chapter 17 of Police Your Planet by Lester Del Rey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 17 Security Payoff. It was three days before Bruce Gordon made up his mind to hunt up security. Another four days passed after they had sent him back to wait until they received orders from headquarters for him. There was a man coming from Earth on a second ship who would see him. They gave him a chauffeur back to the chicken coop and politely indicated that it would be better if he stayed within reach. The dome had been down a full week when he watched the last of Randolph's equipment packed onto a truck and hauled away. The little publisher was back at the Crusader again. Rusty was busy opening his bar, and the others were all busy. Only Gordon and Sheila were left. He heard her coming down the old stairs and ducked out through the private exit, snapping his helmet in place as he went through the seal. She must have sensed his desire to be left alone, since she made no attempt to follow. She'd asked no questions and hadn't even tried to convince him that he'd be sent back to Earth now. He muttered to himself as he headed over the rubble toward the previously domed section. Out at the spaceport, ships were dropping down from Deimos with the supplies that had been held up so long, and a long line of trucks went snaking by. Credit had been established again, and the businesses were open. For the time being, the hoods and punks were having a tough time of it, with working papers demanded as constant identification. And while it lasted, at least, Marsport was beginning to have its face lifted. Wrecks were being broken up, with salvageable material used for newer homes. Gordon came to a row of temporary bubbles, individual dwellings built like the dome, but opaque for privacy. As Gordon drew closer to the old foundation of the dome, the feeling around began to clarify into something halfway between what he had seen on that real frontier and what he had known as a kid in Earth's slums. They had been lucky. The dome had exploded outwards, with only bits of it falling back, and the buildings had come through the outward explosion of the pressure with little damage. Gordon grinned wryly. Schulberg's volunteers were official now. Izzy was acting as chief of police. Schulberg was head of the Reconstruction Corps, and Mother Corey was temporary mayor of all Marsport. The old charter for Marsport from North America was dead, and the whole city was now under security charter, like the rest of the planet. But the dozen security men had left most of the control in Mother's hands, and the old man was up to his fat jowls in business. Gordon moved automatically toward the seventh ward. Fat's place was still open, though the crooked tables had been removed. Gordon dropped to a stool, slipping off his helmet. He reached automatically for the glass of ether-needled beer. This time it even tasted good to him. On the house, copper, Fat's voice said. The man dropped to another stool, rolling dice casually between his thumbs. And bringing out a stake there, you look as if you could stand it. And fats don't forget old friends. Friends and other things, Gordon said, remembering his first visit there. Maybe you should have got me that night, fats. The other shrugged, 
That's Mars, he rolled the dice out, then picked them up again. Guess I'll have to stick to selling meals, mostly. For a while, at least. Somebody told me you joined security and got banged up trying to keep Trench from blowing up the dome. Thought you'd be in the chips. That's Mars, Gordon echoed the other's comment. Why don't you pull off the planet, Fats? You could go back to Earth, I'd guess. The other nodded. Yeah, I went back about ten years ago. Spent four weeks down there. I don't know. Guess a man gets used to anything. Hell, maybe I can hire some bums to sit around and whoop it up when the ships come in and bill this as a real old Martian den of sin. Get a barker out at the port, run special buses, charge the suckers a mint for a cheap thrill. Gordon grinned wryly. Fats would probably make more than ever. He finished the meal, accepted a pack of the Earth cigarettes that sold at a luxury price here, and went out into the thin air of Mars. It was almost good to get out into the filth of the slums and be heading back to the still-standing monument of the old chicken coop. He headed for the private entrance out of habit, and then shrugged as he realized it was a needless precaution now. He moved up the front steps and through the battered seal. Then he stopped. Security had finally gotten around to him, it seemed. Inside the hallway, the security man who'd first sent him to Mars was waiting. There was a grin on the other's face. Hello, Gordon. Finally got our orders for you. It's Mercury. Bruce Gordon nodded slowly. All right, I suppose you know I ruined the dome. Was supposed to have killed Murdoch. Pretended I was a security agent. You were one, the man said. He grinned again. We know about Murdoch, and we know where Trench is. But he's a good citizen now, so he can stay there. We're not throwing the book at you, Bruce. Damn it, we sent you here to get results, and you got them. We sent twenty others the same way, and they failed. You are a bit drastic, that I have to admit. But we're one step closer to keeping nationalism off the planet. And that's all we care about. I wonder if it's worth it, Gordon said slowly. The other shook his head. We can't know in our lifetime. All we can do is to hope. We'll probably get this Mother Cory and Isaac selected properly, and for a while things will improve. But there'll be pushers as long as weak men turn to drugs, and graft as long as voters allow the thing to get out of their hands. Let's say you've shifted some of the misery around a bit and given them a chance to do better. It's up to them to take it or lose it. So I get sent to Mercury? You can't stay here. They'll find out too much eventually, he paused, estimating Gordon. You can go back to Earth, Bruce, but you won't like it now. You're a fighter, and there's hell brewing on Mercury. Worse than here. We've got permission to send you there, if you'll go. With a yellow ticket again, but without any razzle-dazzle this time. The only thing you'll get out of it is a chance to fight for a better chance for others someday. And a promise that there'll be more until you get old enough to sit at a desk on Earth and fight against every bickering nation there is to keep the planets clean. There's a rocket waiting to transship you to the moon on the way to Mercury right now. 
Gordon sighed. All right, but I wish you'd tell my wife sometime that, well, that I didn't just run out on her. She's had bad luck with men. She already knows, the security man said. I've been waiting for you for quite a while, you know. And I paid her the pay we owe you from the time you began using your badge. She's out shopping. The car pulled up to the waiting rocket, and the security man helped him up the steps with a perfunctory wish for good luck. Then Bruce Gordon stopped as great arms surrounded him. Mother Corey was immaculate, though not much prettier. But his old eyes were glinting. Did you think we'd let you go without seeing you off, Cobber? he asked. And after I took a bath to celebrate? I, I... Oh, drat it, I'm getting old, Izzy, you tell him. He grabbed Gordon's hand and waddled down the landing plank. Izzy shook his head. I can't say it either, Governor, but some day I'm going to have one of those badges myself. Like I always said, honesty sure pays, even if it kills you. Here. He followed Mother Corey, leaving behind his favorite knife and a brand new deck of reader cards marked exactly as the ones Gordon first used. Gordon dropped into his seat, while the sounds outside indicated takeoff time. He had less than a hundred credits, a knife, a deck of phony cards, and a yellow ticket. Mars was leaving him what he'd brought. She dropped into the seat very quietly, but her blouse touched his arm. In her hand was a punched ticket with the orange of Mars on top and the black of Mercury on the bottom. Hello, Bruce, Sheila said softly. I've been shopping, and I spent the money the man gave me. This is all I have left. Do you think it's worth it, or should I take it back? He turned it over in his hand slowly, and the smile came back to his face gradually. You got a bargain, Cuddles, he said. A lot better than the meal ticket you bought. Let's keep it. End of chapter 17 End of Police Your Planet by Lester Del Rey Recording by Christian Alexander